This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, this is C. Montgomery Burns here on behalf of the Canned Air Podcast to record a custom radio advertisement. Set to air following the Amos and Andy show. Ah, uh, sir. Amos and Andy have been off the air for over 50 years. I see. Well, then what's this canned air show even about? Comics and pop culture, sir. Comics, eh? Well, I've read my fair share of Mutt and Jeff. Actually, sir, they focus on more current independent and mainstream topics. On cannedairpodcast.com, you can watch movie trailers, check out past episodes, and even buy comics, movies, and video games. I see. And where might one find this CandarePodcast.com? Ah, on the internet, sir. Very well, Smithers. Take me to this internet. Well, it's not a place, sir. It's on a computer. Now, why is eh? Smithers, release the hounds! Go to CandarePodcast.com. Best website ever! You're listening to the Candare Podcast. Your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And joining us today, we have Josh Dahl, the writer of Rapid City Below Zero. Thanks for being with us, Josh. Glad to be here. Uh, we've got a good episode for you today. After a week off, it was a refreshing week off, wasn't it? Man, it seems like every time we do this, it seems like it's forever until <laughs> we get back on again. Like it was three months ago that we did the last episode, yeah. right? Uh, we're going to be talking about Star Wars, uh, their new title, even though it's a little bit old news. I, yeah. We've got to touch on that. Some exciting <laughs> news for The Amazing Spider-Man coming up. Uh, and after we get done with all that, we're going to talk with Josh about Rapid City. But before we do all that, let's get to recaps. Recaps! Okay, the first thing I have to talk about um, was the Simpson-rama. The, the Simpson-o-rama, or Simpson-o-rama, how'd they say it? Uh, something like that. Yeah, the uh, crossover of Futurama into the Simpsons. Did you happen to catch that, Josh? I didn't see it. You a fan of either of them? Yes, when they're good. I don't currently watch either of them, but I'm pretty much happy anytime I catch an episode. Oh, yeah, that's about where, I, yeah. that's about yeah. where I'm at. <laughs> I was lucky to catch it. It just happened. I knew it was coming up, and I knew it was on Sunday, and then I just happened to be watching TV, and I was I flipped to the channel, and was like, oh, here it is. I had forgotten all about it. The Simpson and Family Guy crossover happened so soon. I didn't uh, yeah. think they'd do this one, you know, so close, but I enjoyed it. It was, it was it good. It was good, yeah. I, I thought the story of why they had to come back in through time would have been a more thought out. It just seemed <laughs> kind of uh, lazy. It didn't even dawn on me until they decided to say why what was going on was happening in right. the Futurama time period. And I was like, oh, that's right. They did that in the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it was just so out there, the whole, what was it, time capsule thing. Yeah. And, yeah. But overall, it was good. Homer had some pretty good lines in there. Yeah, uh, he did. Bender Fry always cracks me up. So. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It was definitely a lot of fun. 
All right, let's uh, get right into this Star Wars title. What was it again, Jack? Episode 7, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Mm. Thoughts? Eh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, there's not really much going on uh, the plot of the movie anyway, so. Right. What about you, Josh? Uh, I'm relieved and amazed they were able to resist calling it Rise of the Force. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that'll be episode eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of halfway between with it. I don't know. It seems very typical. Very. It's a mo- it's a movie title you'd hear out nowadays. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. I mean that. I don't know. Some of the Star Wars titles tell about the plot. Some don't. A New Hope. Eh. Doesn't really mean anything. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Regardless of what the title is, I'm sure it's going to be a good movie. The Phantom Menace sounds like some ghost was going to come around. <laughs> like a Scooby-Doo <laughs> thing, Star Wars. Yeah. Raw. <laughs> the real villain is. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those younglings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we might have to sample that later in the show. So <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, but... Was it next Christmas will be out? I don't remember exactly. I want to say they just wrapped filming. Did they? That one, yeah. Yeah, last week, I think, it, it started hitting the news that principal photography had wrapped. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. They did a tweet and said that, yeah, they, were, they had finished the first one. That's why they released the title of it, yeah. Yeah, so I'd imagine next year sometime. I, I just can't remember. It's been so long ago since we said that date. So now we don't have to watch for any more set spoilers and stuff like that. Yeah, that was fun, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on Star Wars? Well, we'll see when it comes out. Yes, we will. That'll do it for recaps. Recap it! And with that, let's move right into the rumor mill. The rumors! Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. Jack, tell us about, uh, you have something on Terminator? Yeah, I don't know. I came across it, what was it, last week or so, something like that. I don't know if it's true plot synopsis of the new Terminator Genesis movie, which they spell Genesis weird. Really? It's G-E-N-I-S-Y-S. Okay. Doesn't give you a good feeling for the movie at all. Really? Yeah. Here's the plot synopsis. Sarah Connor, mother of humanity's Messiah, was orphaned by a Terminator at age nine. Since then, she's been raised by Schwarzenegger's Terminator, an older T-800 she calls Pops who is programmed to guard rather than to kill. As a result, Sarah is highly trained antisocial is a highly trained antisocial recluse who's great with a sniper rifle but not so skilled at the nuances of human emotion. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad this is in the rumor mill. Uh, but wouldn't that contradict her character in the very first Terminator? I mean, she seemed very, uh, very soft. I mean, she didn't seem yeah. like she was a hardened soldier or anything. She just was an average person. Yeah. Is that it for the plot synopsis, or is that just the character? No, that's what the that's the plot. So I mean, they didn't really go into it. But they just butchered the hell out of it. <laughs> that's whole storyline. I don't know about all this. <laughs> this is okay. I, I'm. I think it could be really cool. I'm digging it. Really? You think so. I like when um, time travel steps on its own toes. I like the idea of at some point a Terminator went back in time to try to undo that and killed Sarah Connor's parents. And then another. So this Terminator is not only going to have to raise her, but try to put her into a position where she hooks up with Kyle Reese as an adult 
Oh yeah. She's clearly not going to become a waitress. That whole round. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think you might have me sold there. Yeah, that's true. I'm just, I, I just want to see what aspects of the childhood we actually see. You know, like uh, you've got to get ready for kindergarten or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> get ready oh, for school. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I never really thought of it going that way with it, but yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. If it sucks, it doesn't matter. If it's uh, awesome, yeah. it'll be awesome. That's true. What did you think of uh, Salvation? Because that movie got a lot of bad rap, but I enjoyed it, personally. I didn't see... I saw... Uh, yeah, I would probably maybe the first 20 minutes or so. It was on TV, and I, I couldn't get into it because of the commercials. I thought a lot of it was kind of dumb, but there were some cool scenes in it. It didn't make enough sense to be really, really cool, it, but it was okay. One thing I uh, really liked was Arnold's... CG CGI uh, yes. cameo where he came out. Uh, have you not seen it? No, no, I haven't seen it. I didn't know he. They did. He, he was in that one. No, he wasn't in it. But they they had some of the robots in like the main Terminator production plant or whatever come out of tubes that looked like him from the original Terminator, mm. all young and stuff with his that uh, was cool. His golden locks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. I don't know if either of you guys have dug into the special features of, I think it was Terminator 3, where there was a, I don't know, it was like a 10-minute video with Arnold Schwarzenegger playing the scientist they modeled the T-800 after. I've heard of that, I think. And what made it so freaking funny is that they dubbed his voice. It wasn't Arnold's actual voice. They gave him like a strong southern accent, like, "Oh hi, welcome to my welcome to my lab." Hi, I'm Chief Master Sergeant William Candy. I was honored to be selected by CRS in the ongoing effort to save American lives. I don't know about that accent. We can fix it. Kind of like the Hercules in New York. Oh, yeah. It was a little bit better than that, but yeah. I was just hoping, I was thinking, you know, they'd continue the salvation line and like somehow, I don't know, maybe the robots still had the scientists who Arnold portrayed, maybe in that special feature, like held captive or something. I don't know. I just, I felt like that made more sense than get ready for school, Sarah Connor, you know? <laughs> but we'll see. Moving along, I've got something here. Uh, it has been rumored that Jared Leto is in uh, in thoughts for the Joker for the what, what's it called, the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. No. They said what? that. Yeah, and I guess <laughs> no. Ryan Gosling was being considered too, but he never signed a contract. It's like they're going after after Heath Ledger was such a a uh, success you know he was already kind of like a hollywood heartthrob Uh, yeah i was gonna say he was kind of down that same path and then he blew the joker away yeah i don't think so uh, maybe that's the kind of what they're thinking we'll get george clooney to be the joker (laughs) (laughs) isn't jared leto like a singer in a band pretty popular band Uh, like 30 seconds to mars or something something like like that. that i think is that the band? Yeah, I think that is. Yeah. Do does do we need really need the Joker in a Suicide Squad movie? No. I, was he? Well, I guess there's been like, there's been a lot of them. It's kind of like yeah. the, the Sinister Six. Exactly. Throughout all the years, almost every single villain in the DC universe there is. But just because Harley's in it doesn't mean the Joker's got to be in it. Okay, just True. to comment on 
DC movies in general, mm-hmm. it seems like their whole strategy is if something kind of works, do exactly that again and again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's a yeah. pretty fair assessment. Well, kind of along those same lines, um, other people that are in talks for roles are Will Smith, and this is what got me, Tom Hardy. Now, wasn't Tom Hardy Bane in uh, Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. Now, Bane, at one point or another, was in the Suicide Squad. So do you think they'd have him, I mean, play Bane? Obviously not in the same costume or same story as to that movie, but do you think they'd have him portray Bane again? (laughs) It worked the first time, let's do it again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And Will Smith, I wonder who they'd be thinking him for. I thought you meant he was going to be for the Joker, but... No, 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 no. These are just other roles. I'm sorry. Not for the Joker. Just other roles in the movie that uh, are being... He'd be Deadshot. I think so. He'd make uh, a great Deadshot. <laughs> Who the hell's shooting at me? <laughs> I don't know. He's just that men in black, sarcastic yeah. tone he carries with everything he's in. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. That movie just sounds like a train wreck. Yeah, it really does. It's, they're just jumping the gun, you know? Marvel's yeah. introduced all these characters, and then they put them in movies together like well we're to introduce all these characters in the same movie that they're all in Marvel Suicide Squad is their chance to do a Guardians of the Galaxy come out of nowhere Mm -hmm. with characters no one cares about and have a whole bunch of fun Yep. but instead they're gonna cram it with Harley and Joker and try to make it exactly like Dark Knight Rises yes Mm -hmm. and they've got uh, Jesse Eisenberg is supposed to play Lex Luthor in this too that makes sense he's gonna be Lex and uh, Dawn of Justice. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll go see it, but <laughs> fingers crossed. Seen all the other ones. Might as well. <laughs> it's like after Marvel released all their titles, you hear everyone at DC just papers rushing. <laughs> we got to find something. We got to get something. Come on, guys. <laughs> well, you think they'd be uh, mimicking Marvel and st- rather than Sony in their Sinister Six plans, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just thoughts. One bad thing with DC, too, that they're going to release a Flash movie, but they're not going to use the Flash from the TV series. It's so weird, man. It's retarded. That kid's doing awesome as the Flash, and to get some weird, I don't know, the look of the guy's face, too, he's real narrow-faced. He's almost, I don't know. It doesn't look like he would. Mark. Yeah, no, there's no way it'll work. Hmm. <laughs> That'll do it for the rumor mill. The rumors! Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. All right, with that, let's move into talking about some comic books. Who would like to start this week? You go. Me go? All right, I will go. Uh, On the week off, as you already know, Jack, uh, me and Brooke got to go to Louisville and see Paul McCartney Mm -hmm. in concert, which was out of this world. And uh, that whole week after, I've just been on a Beatles high. I'm a huge Beatles fan, and I've just been doing everything Beatles. And I went to the comic book store in order to book called The Fifth Beatle, the Brian Epstein story. And I've, I've had my eye on this book for a while. Uh, I've seen it before. I've just never picked it up. It was the rush from the concert that made me get it. But it's uh, three artists here, Vivek uh, Tywery. Andrew Robinson and Kyle Baker, and it looks like it was done under the Dark Horse label, though yeah. I don't see the... It is Dark Horse. Is it? Yeah. But this book was only $20, and it is a, it's a beefy graphic novel, hard, hard, uh, hard cover. It's, it was a steal, man, for the price. You can't beat it. I've um, seen <clears throat> graphic novels that thick for 75 easy. Yeah. 
anyway, mm -hmm. I was surprised by that. But uh, the artwork in it all looks from the 60s. This looks like it could have been put out in the 60s. Yeah. Um, how would you describe the pages in this? Thing? It's real heavy. It's not normal, like, glossy comic pages, yeah. I guess. It's real heavy paper. I guess the point I'm trying to convey is this is a nice fucking book <laughs> <laughs> for 20 bucks. But, uh, no, the book is all about uh, Brian Epstein, the Beatles' very... Epstein, pardon me, the Beatles' yeah. very first manager. I keep doing that. <laughs> Uh, his story, just from how he heard of the Beatles, how he, uh, you know, became their manager, their, his whole career with them, all the way up to his death. And I'm not even halfway through it yet, but it has been a great read. I always want to fancy myself knowing almost all there is to know about the Beatles, mm -hmm. but I'm reading a ton of stuff in this book I didn't know. Really? So, yeah. It's been a great read. I can't wait, wait to... Uh, go farther with it so if you're a Beatles fan pick up the fifth Beatle the Brian Epstein story you'll love it and for the price you can't go wrong nice yeah. who's well, next you wanna go next Josh oh I was just uh rereading uh Jason Aaron's run on Thor I don't think I've ever read that mm -hmm. oh dude how, it how, is serious how recent is this um this is only about two years old oh, okay it's uh, all it's all space opera. It's Thor in space dealing with space gods and intercut with um, old young Thor as uh, uh, dealing with you know old school Vikings and very oh, wow. old grandfather Odin looking Thor at the end of time. And it it just so Thor through the ages pretty much. Thor through the ages being arrogant and stupid in every time period. That's him. <laughs> Slightly less arrogant with each one, and um, it just looks and feels and sounds like what you love about heavy metal, if you love heavy metal. Oh, the music, yeah. not the magazine. Yes. It looks like an album cover. It reads like it's... When I was reading it, someone in my house happened to be put on Black Sabbath, and it was just a perfect moment. Oh, man. It's like a Wizard of Oz and Pink Floyd moment. Oh, yes. <laughs> Dark Side of the like Rainbow. Way, way more badass. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I would love to do that. I've never tried doing that, like putting music on to try to go along with the story. I'm yeah, reading. same here. Yeah. That's a good idea. It just, it just begs for killer guitar riffs. And I'm not, I'm not like a huge music guy. I don't normally do that. But it's just it's Thor God of Thunder. He oh, just yeah. needs... Thunder. I could hear some ACDC. I was just going to say that, yeah. <laughs> struck in yeah. there. But, wow. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds yeah. awesome. Same here. I've never been one to read Thor, but uh, that sounds Traditionally, great. I never have been either. I, I came into Thor for uh, Matt Fraction's run a couple years ago, and when the new movie came out... Was it... Whatever. It... Uh, <laughs> This new series started with Jason Aaron on it, and it's just been a, uh, an awesome kick in the face the entire time. Sweet, man. Now, have you stayed with Thor since, or was that the only uh, thing you read? Um, I I have read the first issue of the new female Thor series. I was just going to ask you about that's that. That's yeah. what I was getting to. Yeah. Can you, well, how was that? Uh, it's pretty good. I don't really? know exactly what's happening with it, but it's a well-told story, and it makes sense. It doesn't feel gimmicky. It seems to fit with what's going on in general. Okay. Hmm. 
then I'll have to probably pick up that yeah. first. I was going to anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, who That's I'm a pulling. new one. <laughs> right. Awesome. All right, Jackery, that leaves you. I've been catching up on the Inhuman series. All right, how's that? It's ups and downs. I've, I've got, there's, a, I think there's more than six issues. I'm up to issue number six, but I've only read up to number four. Okay. And you, you read the first one. Yeah. Pretty much there's a mist going around, changing people, mm-hmm. big guy uh, trying to recruit other ones. Right. Well, that's pretty much the Inhumans, Medusa, she's the queen of all the humans. She's trying to get a bunch of new humans, they're calling them, the people mm-hmm. that are just changing um, together to build an army. The other guy's name, I think it was Lash, he's trying to get his own army against Medusa and all them. But then there's this other guy that just shows up named Lineage. And he's knows a lot of stuff from the past that's going on. What Black Bolt did, why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of strange occurrences. Looks like it's going to start happening pretty soon. You know, I there was an Inhumans uh, tie-in in one of the last issues of The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, Miss yeah, Marvel. Was it Miss Marvel came in or was it Medusa uh, was in it? Oh, I don't remember. I just, I, they were uh, stealing one of those pods. You know, like when the mist hits somebody, then it reacts. They mm-hmm. like cocoon yeah. in that yep. pod. Uh, I don't remember her name. Maybe it was the, the woman who was impersonating Miss Marvel. She's all blue. Is that who that is? No. She was, uh, what's the alien race? The blue alien race? Cree? Cree. Cree. Yeah. Yes, she was Cree, and she was impersonating Miss Marvel to steal one of these pods. Oh, that's and, right. You were telling me about that, yeah. Yeah, and then the real Miss Marvel and Spider-Man uh, stopped their shenanigans and took the pod and the baby within. But that's all that's really been touched on that. So I imagine we'll start seeing a lot more tie-ins with the Inhumans. Especially There's been getting, a lot of tie-ins. Yeah. Like yeah, the, I'm sure I haven't seen half of them. I know Miss Marvel jumped. She, would, she was running around with Wolverine for a little bit, and then she was with Spider-Man. Thor was in the last issue of the humans I read. Really? So yeah, I don't know if they're gonna. I don't mm. know where they're going with it. But speaking of Wolverine, has that series just completely stopped now that he's gone? That he's died? There's that legacy of of Logan now that they just started. Oh, that's right. That's supposed to be kind of dry. Th- that was uh, it was what was that like a five part series where it uh, yeah, just focuses focuses on like key influential characters in Logan's life. Something like that, yeah. I don't remember. I think they were all done by different artists, kind of the way the uh, Edges Spider-Verse comics were done. Hmm. But we'll see. But yeah, Inhumans. Uh, I'm going to probably keep going on it. uh, Okay, I have a comment on this. I've been trying to think about how I feel about Inhumans, Mm -hmm. and something in the way you're describing it clicked with me. It feels to me like the way first wave image books felt like wildcats where when they jumped over to wild when when they started doing wildcats and those other books you know cyber force and all those they wanted the marvel history and the marvel weight and gravitas of all these like ongoing long-running stories sure but they just didn't have it and so they jumped in and introduced a whole bunch of characters who i did not know and expected me to care about them fighting each other right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how Inhumans feels to me. Yeah, exactly. I know they've been around, and I always like it when Black Bolt shows up or, you know, sure. when Fantastic Four. I just don't care. 
Right. <laughs> and just the thing that the thing that cemented it was naming a character lineage because that is synonymous with history. Yeah. And you can't just bring in history. <laughs> you, you have to establish it. Yeah, yeah. I, I can agree with that. And Black Bolt was the only familiar name I knew in there. I, I know somewhere down the line, it's all going to tie together to the point where I'm going to want to go back and then read, you know. Yeah. But like you said, as of right now, it's not. It was good what I read, but it's not. Uh, it's not snatching my interest really at this point. I like the artwork in it though. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful book. Yeah. I, I got the first one on the back of the Amazing Spider-Man number one. Mm-hmm. I'll slowly keep going on it. Probably just catch up here and there, find out what's going on. You know, to keep us informed. I'm sure that'll. Uh, you think that'll tie in with the Secret Wars maybe at the end of the year? I think so because I think Medusa was in. Or maybe that's that picture in, with it. Maybe that's early 2015 Secret Wars start. I think it is actually. All right, so that's all for comic talk. Let's just move right into our stories. Jack, you had something on Marvel Legends action figures, right? Yeah, Marvel or Hasbro has released the first issue or first series of the new Avengers Marvel Legends figures. Sweet. They'll be coming out in this winter. They didn't say when, maybe here pretty soon just because of Christmas time. Sure. But they got coming out Thor, Sentry, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, Captain Marvel, Machine Man. Uh, next. <laughs> <laughs> and Iron Fist. And they'll each have a piece of a figure to build a figure, which is going to be Odin. Really? Yeah. Mm. Eh, I'll wait to the next one. I'm, I'm really, <laughs> really excited for the uh, Age of Ultron Legends to come out. I want one of those Ultrons. Those are awesome figures. It's just none of those characters there really sparked my interest. How big are the Legends figures? Uh, I think they were eight. Eight inches? Oh, okay. Something like that. They're nice. I mean, they're the detail on them is great. I've only got... We each have one. I've got the Superior Spider-Man. I've got Agent Venom. Agent Venom. And they both are fantastic-looking action figures. I want to get the whole Guardian set. Yeah. Which would be kind of cool, because then I'll have, like, all the Guardians if I get them, because it's got Nova, Iron Man... Captain oh, Marvel, yeah, right. Agent Venom, and then the rest of the Guardians would be kind of cool. I wanted the Star Lord, the Legends uh, Star Lord yeah. action figure. They're just so expensive, man. Yeah, <laughs> twenty dollars a pop, and then you know I still haven't opened my Superior. Like last week, I kept looking at it. I was like, I'm gonna crack that fucker open. I want to play with it, I get it out, <laughs> and pose it, put it up on my desk here. But the the package they come in looks awesome. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to tear it apart. <laughs> I know when we were at that Cincinnati Comic Expo, they had what Rocket, his uh, the one that they had to him was like sixty four bucks. Jesus, <sighs> no, I don't want it that yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Captain America line looked good when that came out too, but again, twenty dollars yeah. a head. Mm-hmm. That can get at what like four or five comics. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which route do you think I'm going to take? All right. Oh, I guess, uh, and with this series, you c- should be able to buy a case of the series. Like, they come shipped in, cause, and you'll get every one of them instead of, like, all the same character. They did that some time ago, and I don't know if it was the Legend series. It must have. It had to have been. I think they were putting out X-Men figures, and they were giving out a piece of the Sentinels. Mm-hmm. A Sentinel. And uh, that all together looked amazing. I would love to have that. I think at Pack Rats they had that. The complete set. Yeah, you'd pull the front of the box open and the Sentinel was standing there in all of his might and glory. Oh, Oh, it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But um, anyway, anything else on that? Nope, that's it. 
go buy them. Right. Moving along. Toy Story 4 is on its way out now. That's official, right? Yep, in theaters in 2017. June 16th, 2017. Oh, I didn't have that part. Feelings? Did you? How would you feel about Toy Story, Josh? Is this too? Uh, is this too child's play for you, or were you a fan? No, of no, no. I love Toy Story. Yes, me too. Diehard fan. I see. It's the hard to. It's going to be hard to beat Toy Story three. Exactly. That's exactly what I was. Thinking. The article I was reading said they were going to put it away because I, I haven't seen the third one. I haven't even seen the second one. Bring but, a uh, tissue. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> Seriously, man, there were some shears, tears shed at, when that, in the movie theater when we went and saw Toy Story 3. Really? Yes. You will come out of that theater, or you'll, you when you're done watching it, you will just, you'll want to call people who you haven't talked to in a while. It's the God's honest truth. It's huh. the truth. Because you read that in all these articles, but people kept saying, yeah, right. I was one of them. <laughs> Until I was sitting in the theater like, <laughs> this is so good. All right, I guess I'm going to have to go. That's something I'm doing this weekend, then. I just, I'm not sure, what was the little girl's name, Bonnie, at the end? The little uh, cowgirl? Oh, no, you, you said you hadn't no, seen it. No, yeah. yeah, I know, yeah, it might have been Bonnie, that sounds about right. Yeah, so it's going to, the, the fourth movie is going to continue with uh, the toys' adventures with their new owner, so I don't know how I like that. Yeah, that's what the article I was reading since they left, they parted ways with Andy at the end of the third one, Yeah, that they weren't going to do something unless they really thought it was going to be something good and work real well. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure it will be. Those movies have delivered time and time again, but I don't know. A prequel, maybe? I saw some promo art at maybe New York Comic Con of Toy Story characters with, like, uh, cool action figure characters. Is that related to this, or is that a different thing? That I haven't seen. I don't know what you're talking about. It's... All right, then I don't have enough information. <laughs> we put out all kind of not enough information sometimes. Oh, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> we never... Oh, well, then uh, Tom Hanks is attached to it, and it's going to be released on the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're, not, we're not considered, what, legitimate press, are we? <laughs> we're, just, we're just a couple scrotes sitting here talking to shit. <laughs> so I heard. I'm excited, though. We'll see what happens with it. You have to catch up on two and three, so when four comes out, you haven't later. seen two. Uh uh-uh. uh The hell is wrong with you? Bring a tissue. You? Bring a tissue. <laughs> yeah, that both of them, dude. That there's a song <laughs> in number two. Oh yes, the uh, the Sarah McLaughlin song. Yeah. It, Holy, I forgot about that. Yeah. More touching than the first twenty minutes of Up. Oh yeah, I. It's it, uh, Up was just heart wrenching. Yeah. This similar. I don't know. Toy Story, I don't think, really reaches the masses quite as much as, like, Up and Finding Nemo did. I mean, some people like them, some people don't. I think it kind of depends on the attachment you had to your actual toys when you were a child. Mm. You know, when I was a child, when I left the room, I really thought they were (laughs) moving around doing stuff. I even tried to catch them doing it when I was, you know, real young. I was the kid next door blowing them up and shooting them with BB guns. Oh, were you? That's why you guys... That's why your heart's made of ice on this uh, topic. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of saps. Oh no! But he's Josh is absolutely right. They are, if you know, if you had that kind of attachment with your toys, like I did anyway, <laughs> you're gonna yeah be shedding some tears. It, they, they were great movies, great movies. So I'm All sure right. four will be just as good. I'll let you know next week. <laughs> you're gonna watch them both this week. Yeah, I, maybe, maybe. You better do it. 
I can't come to the show. I'm still torn up from the two movies. I've got prior obligations. <laughs> All right, moving along. Uh, Age of Ultron trailer I have written down here. What's that about, Jack? Well, you, everybody knows that on the 28th, we were all supposed to see the Age of Ultron trailer with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. But the week before, some cool guy <laughs> leaked it online for everyone to see. Yes. So Marvel had to go ahead and release it early. Right. Uh, after the leak had posted, uh, Marvel blamed Hydra for it. What? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanna, it was on a Twitter <laughs> post or something like that, and they said, we blame Hydra. But then uh, Marvel asked the California federal judge to issue a subpoena to Google to find out who was who it was that actually leaked it online. Really? Yep. And the judge has granted Marvel's request and ordered Google to bring the court uh, all identifying information for the user. Wow. So he's probably going to get hit with a hefty fine probably maybe it's probably just like some 13 kid 13 year old kid running around <laughs> like oh my god oh my god they're gonna find me well it must have been someone with access to it yeah so it's yeah probably someone who signed an nda at some point that's true yeah, yeah that's it, a good it point been. i didn't think about that wow or maybe it's hydra <laughs> yeah maybe there really is a hydra out there whoever it is you're in a shit heap of trouble yeah but I think you're a hero, personally. Thank you for that low-def uh, <laughs> video of the trailer. Oh, yeah, I watched it ten times. And then the next day, the high-res one came on, so I was just like, oh, God, yeah. I get to see it big now. And because all that was released early, then we got an extended trailer mm -hmm. on the 28th when it was supposed to premiere. So, all-around good news for us, bad news for one person out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it made everyone feel better that didn't get to see it at Comic-Con. Like yeah, everyone got to see the Batman Superman trailer on YouTube. I'm just glad that trailer that we read was accurate, unlike the Ninja Turtle one. <laughs> that was fun doing that. Though. Oh, that was a blast. I, I, I'd do it over again, but uh, yeah, it was not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and wasn't there like 30 some like variations of that Turtles trailer out too? And yeah. we, we didn't get one of them. <laughs> oh, poor planning on our part. All right, moving along. Uh, I have coming in December. Where's the date at here? December 10th in issue number 11 of The Amazing Spider-Man. For you Superior Spider-Man fans, you are in for one hell of a treat. The Amazing Spider-Man and the Superior Spider-Man are going head-to-head, toe-to-toe. They are going to mm. fight it out. I, I couldn't be more excited, man. Yeah. I cannot wait. I was a huge fan of Superior Spider-Man. I but I got on the bandwagon right at the yeah. end. Like <laughs> it was it's what just been over a year since I, I we both got back into reading comics. Yep. And uh yeah, that was my first my first getting back into Spider-Man issue was one of the last. <laughs> but uh it's been a blast and I cannot wait to watch them go head to head. That short run with Superior Spider-Man's over cuz that was the beginning of the Spider-Verse, right? It was like four issues. There so. might be one more. One more left. I think. I, the way the last one ended, it, I think it's there's going to be another one at least. I don't know. I'm kind of shoddy on those details. Mm. But I, I want the, uh, the the trade to come out of the Superior Spider-Man. Because I want to go back and read all those. They were so, It's so good. Yeah. What I read was good. I can only imagine. Because didn't he... Uh, like spoilers right here didn't he end up finishing the kingpin off in, in he, not quite no 
he did a lot of great he did a lot of it was a great series yeah well, I, I, I know he did a lot of experimenting on his yeah. villains. That's yeah. what, oh, I can't wait to read that. So, so I'm, I'm not following exactly up with Spider-Verse, but in all of this universe juggling time travel, isn't it possible that we could get Otto back? Ooh. I mean, couldn't... I mean... Couldn't yeah, he be the new Scarlet Spider or something like that? There's lots of room open yeah. for... Well, you know he's coming back one way or another. There's no way they're leaving Otto Octavius just yeah, out of yeah. Spider-Man's universe. But Superior that, Spider-Man is just too cool a character. Especially he was amazing. To have him teaming up with Peter Parker every once in a while, to have those two butting heads mm-hmm. comparing each other, it's just too sweet. It really is, because the whole time, you know, I, I do this better than Peter. I can do this so much better than and <laughs> I am doing this so much better. He lacked, he lacked the guts, you know. And then when it started to unravel on him, where you started to see how he wasn't doing it better, oh, that that book made me so happy. Uh, are you talking the last Goblin Nation book? Just uh, uh, in like the last quarter of Superior Spider-Man, you got you start to see like he wasn't handling the Peter Parker life very well. He right. wasn't. He was just threads were coming undone. Everything he had put together was getting bigger than what he could control. Yeah, is what I was seeing at the end. Uh, mind you, again, I missed a lot of the story, but I loved in the, that last Goblin Nation when when Peter finally comes back and goes after the Green Goblin. That Goblin. line when he fir- when he first comes back and says like, well, oh, "At least you- I'm not carrying a purse." Yes, <laughs> just a terror strike <laughs> Goblin's face. That is exactly <laughs> it. Back. He knew he was back. It was just that one line, and there goes the Green Goblin's. Uh, sense of pride his his ego you know he immediately like like josh said you saw the terror in his face it was so bittersweet it was amazing oh i want to have to go back and read that <laughs> so look forward to that december 10th amazing spider-man number 11 all right one more thing here before we turn over to josh i just happened to stumble on this i think i found this on twitter and then i got on the internet and researching it there is a Kickstarter going right now, and I believe has around 32, 33 days left for the first, the world's first real hoverboard. <laughs> yes, the Hendo hoverboard. It's about freaking time. Yeah. Well, wasn't it, didn't we say, uh, wasn't it 2015 that Marty McFly went to in Back to the Future? Yeah. Yep. And so now in That's 2015, yeah. is in August is what they're predicting they'll have this thing finished um how does it, it looks, work it looks awesome it's some kind of i need to look more into it some kind of a magnetic engine i guess that's in this thing and i think you have to have a a certain surface right to to yeah. do the board on um but it looks a lot of fun. I mean, it, it hovers only about an inch off the ground, but it doesn't seem to matter how much weight you put on it. It'll keep you about an inch off the ground. Um, huh. One of their earlier uh, projects they were working on, as far as the hovering goes, they had something called the white box, which is just a literally a white box that has this motor in it that floats. And you can put about anything you want on it to have it hover, or you can actually take the engine out of it and put it in something else to make it hover. Um, Weird. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, I again, I need to read more into it. When I was looking at it, I didn't seem, 
see anywhere where it said you had to have a special surface, but at the same time, I don't know, someone we were talking to today said yeah. that you he saw it and that you did have to have a special surface to be on because they're building some Hendo hoverboard, uh, like actual like skate park or hover park, if you will. But this is on Kickstarter until December, December 15th, and they were asking $250,000. Now, again, I said they've got 30-some days left, and they are already in the vicinity of $500,000. Wow. Yeah. So this is going to happen. (laughs) I'm trying to find out. Oh, there it is. Hendo. There's been a bunch of them on Kickstarter that have been funded, but I don't know how well they're doing. Some of the pledges are, uh, like the prizes for pledges are uh, pretty neat. I know a lot of, I mean, they're all very high dollar to get any of the, like the actual hover stuff, but there are some uh, amounts where you can get, what was it, like a thousand, maybe two, three thousand. You can get one of the white box hover boxes, but uh, only at $10,000 do you get your very own hoverboard. $100, a five minute hover ride. <laughs> <laughs> So what? You gotta fly your happy ass out there, bust to your ass a couple times. Oh, you got to ride it. Get down. Thanks for the hundred dollars. Go back home. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not naysaying these people. Bring us the hoverboard, please. Yeah, they got four hundred thirty-six thousand dollars of the two hundred fifty. That and they that's won. crazy. And, and thirty-five 30. days left. Yeah. Yep. Wow. It looks way more bad. It almost looks like Biff's board. The picture they got on there. <laughs> it does, yeah. minus the big spikes on the front yeah. and back, but the tailpipes. On, check out the Kickstarter video. Maybe put a link on the website to it because oh. um, there's a video on there with the people who, it's a husband and wife team who invented invent it. And uh, there's a demonstration of a guy actually on the board, like on a half pipe. And he's not doing like Tony Hawk kind of tricks or yeah. anything, but he is managing the half pipe on this hoverboard. And it looks like it's just a regular half pipe. It doesn't look like it's any kind of special. It's weird because you think of a magnet. Right. When they're pushing against each other, it's real. It moves really easy, but. That's why I think that it'd have to be. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't see anything on there. I don't know. Without friction, how do you turn? Yeah. Exactly. You just have to put your foot down? They were saying that uh, the way the. Because there were like four circles underneath this thing. So the Uh, way you like. Kind of like a skateboard when you're in motion. You know, if you lean to the side, it'll go that way. If you lean back, Uh, you, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Not that I'm any expert. Repulsor technology. Something That's like that. That I was thinking. <laughs> like Iron Man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but you just eat a bunch of beans, you fart, and you'll change direction. There you go. <laughs> it's got to have LED ground effects, right? Oh, oh yes, yeah. it does. Yes, vibrant blue on the ground. <laughs> All right. But yeah, check check it out on our website. There'll be a link over. It's really cool. Um, maybe in another five years, we will see a Mattel version that's a little bit more affordable. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a stepping stone. Yeah, it's actually going to happen. Now. But like they said in their video, the wheel now has a competition. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if they can do it right, then ain't nothing for cars going to end up doing it. Right. Start paving the roads with whatever material it is that. Well, they said that, and they even said like uh, like monorail kind of trains. Yeah. Like Jet Express chain tra- uh, trains, whatever those things are called. But uh, yeah, don't have to worry about snowy roads anymore. They could sit and think about that for a while. I'm not going to. <laughs> we need to get moving on. All right, before we get over to Josh, let's uh, move right into... Real World Heroes! Jack, who do we have this week? This week we have... Now, this is a tough last name. 
Zach Mahaljevic. Does that sound right? Mahajlovic. Yes. Mahajlovic. There we go. Mahajlovic from Australia. It's a tongue twister. Yeah. He's been working with his grandfather for the past few years, building a street legal replica of the Batmobile. Michael Keaton's version of the Batmobile. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. They've gone great lengths to make sure that it is a perfect replica, including sourcing some of the parts used from the actual car. Really? Yep. And what he's been doing, he's teamed up with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, dressing the part and driving the Batmobile to the homes of sick kids, and then <laughs> takes them for a ride. I wish I were sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. That's pretty much going right along with uh, what they did for that kid in San Francisco last year. Oh, yeah, I forgot did about that. the whole that. Batman scenario. That was awesome. Yeah, the whole town went out for that. Yep. That's amazing. I guess a lot of people have been asking him to sell his uh, Batmobile. Man, he won't do it, huh? Nope. No, he's too busy doing this. I wouldn't either. Yeah. There's no way. I remember seeing on an episode of Pawn Stars, some guy was trying to sell them a Michael Keaton Batmobile, and they go check it out, and he just put this, like, molded a frame around, like, some four-cylinder <laughs> compact piece of shit. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, that's that's it. Zach is helping kids feel better by dressing up as a superhero. And for that, Zach, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So thank you for your good deeds, Zach. If you guys could have any Batmobile you wanted, which one would it be? Batman Forever. Batman Forever? <laughs> no. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> With the one fin in the back and the neon all around it. You notice, yeah. wow. you notice with that Batmobile that when... Shit got real. That one fin split into yep. two. <laughs> you could for always stability. for stability. <laughs> you could always judge the seriousness of any situation by that fin on the Batmobile. Oh god! <laughs> what about you, Josh? Which one would you have? I think I like the the new the tumbler one. Oh yeah, I that's the one I'd want to say. But at the same time, I don't feel like it'd be street practical. Like. I mean, I don't know if I'd really be it's laying on my stomach while I drive it. It's got a little motorcycle that breaks out of the front of it. Oh, man. I <laughs> love that, that thing. So we're talking like move, movie functionality, not just props. We're talking like <laughs> this thing's actually doing what it does in the movie. Yeah. And I, okay. I love any vehicle that has smaller vehicles break out of it. I, I yes, yes. It's like Condor Man. Remember, remember that old movie? Good one, yeah. No, that was a great movie. Makes me think of like a uh, like Mask. Remember yes. the, the yeah. old uh, '80s cartoon and toys? You'd have a race car or something that'd shoot a motorcycle out, mm-hmm. or the motorcycle that turned into the helicopter. Yeah, those things were <laughs> awesome. I don't know if we're talking movie functionality. Ooh. I might still go with the Michael Keaton one. I don't know. It's got it just honestly. That's probably the one I'd probably go with. I don't know the Batman Forever one though. You remember that that thing went straight up a fucking wall. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's not. You don't even have to jump like the tumbler does. You can just drive straight up the wall. So uh, the, all the mobiles have their pros and cons. Anyway, <laughs> Michael Keaton or the '66 Batman? Ooh, the '66. Yeah. I don't know. What about a winter day? You'd be freezing your nads off driving that thing out. There's got to be some kind of bat contraption to stop that. <laughs> yep. With a label on the dash. The bat convertible. <laughs> the bat heater. <laughs> we got to pull over and put the top up, Robin. The joker will have to wait. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's cut over to Josh Dahl again. Thanks for being with us, man. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. 
It has been a blast. Yes, it's been refreshing coming back after a week off. Sometimes it kind of lags getting back in the feel of the things, but uh, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, we had a blast reading your book. It was awesome. It's not very, uh, it's not typical. It's a story more so about criminals than it is about heroes, right? Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit more in, uh, in depth about it? Um, well, it's uh, Rapid City Below Zero. It's uh, what you read was the first issue of what will be a 12 issue story arc. And it is a supervillain revenge story where some supervillains are betrayed. One of them in particular, Icicle, has her boyfriend and all her friends murdered and sets out to get the guy that betrayed her. Well, I feel like an idiot because I didn't catch that part with them all being villains. Oh, you it's in the right in the story so far. And I read that. <laughs> <laughs> You're cool, man. This is super, oh my god, yeah, it's right there. First first four words. Yeah, they were all betrayed by the uh, villain Coil, it looks like. And then it looks like uh, issue two is when uh, they set out after him. Is issue two already in the works, or...? Uh, my amazingly talented artist, Sean, is cranking out pages right now, Sean Langley. He uh, is getting better and better. And if you guys look at the issue that you read, uh, it's in black and white. Yes. And I specify black and white because there's no gray tones in there. Because oh, okay. Sean didn't know, he didn't know that our printer could handle gray tones. So he did it in black and white. And uh, I didn't know how to, I didn't know to ask for gray tones because I'm a writer, not an artist. Sure. And right. <laughs> I'm just impressed with anything he does. Right. So once we kind of like uh, uh, blundered through that conversation where now he knows he can do gray tones. And they're just gorgeous. Um, they're on my webpage, on my Facebook. That they're, they're every time new pages come in, they're just breathtaking. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, man. here. The art is already, uh, you know, wonderful. So to see it even more, uh... it's so much more moody and tonal and just sad. Sure. Because that's what you want from a supervillain revenge comic: lots of moody sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell not, right? What was it about? Uh, I mean, why, why did you decide to do a story on criminals? Um, in my day job, I'm a teacher at a school for criminals. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I work at a Department of Youth Services facility here in Boston. Oh. And all of my students are in the criminal court system. So now, of course, for legal reasons... I don't know if any of them have or ever will be convicted of any specific crimes. Sure. But on average, numerically, most of the people I talk to in a given week are criminals. So uh, it, it just gives me a real perspective on the world of crime. So, I mean, yeah, there's actual... It'd be uh, real easy material to pull from. Well, yeah. And you're, yeah. You're getting a real look at the criminal yeah. side here. Yeah. That's incredible. <clears throat> so that's why I, I'm very sympathetic towards criminals because not only are most of the people I know criminals they're also kids oh, wow. so I see that you know they're not Otto Octavius here they're, they're right. people who have made some bad decisions right that's incredible man that's it's uh, very admirable what you do I think you ought to be in our uh, wall of heroes there too <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think that really takes a certain kind of somebody to do that because I, I don't know if I'd be able to do that I'd be my hat goes off to you sir is the point oh, well, I'm trying to you. convey here <laughs> <laughs> well thank you and uh, like you said, uh, the artwork done by Sean is just beautiful. How did you two come to work together? Uh, my previous artist, Cav, 
had done work with uh, an Irish writer named Darren O'Toole, and Darren worked with worked on a successful Kickstarter with Sean called Earth Ruler, which is really cool if you find it. it's on uh, Comicsology. Earth Ruler. Okay. And just through because I knew Cav and Cav knew Darren and Darren knew Sean, I talked to Sean a little bit. I asked him to do a pinup for an earlier book, and then we started talking some more. And when this thing it sort of became the right time to do Rapid City Below Zero. Sure. And I hit him up and he was ready for it and we did it. Wow, the seven degrees of Sean Langley, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks- that's how that's how indie comics get made. Somebody knows somebody knows somebody. You, you flirt around a little bit about it and then right. here comes the book. That's that's all of We've our connections right with, there. Yeah, we've run into that with a couple of people before. You hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you hear it too, Josh? Yeah, I can hear it. Sounds like Hydra's patching in. <laughs> oh, shit. Man, it looks like it stopped. Oh, okay, good. So, uh, what do we? What can we expect to see in Rapid City Below Zero? I mean, we kind of, in this first issue, get a little bit of a back history of uh, the main character, and now we see where they're, where she's going forward. Uh, anything we can expect? Like, any highlights? or? Um, there's, uh, lots of violence, lots of, uh, crushing disappointment. Okay. And, um, I, I really, uh, one of the things I wanted to explore was the, the myth of the honor among thieves, the myth of the criminal fraternity, where Icicle, you've seen that first issue, found strength to get through life based on the idea that my crime bros are going to be there for me. Sure. Yep. And in the coming issues, she relies on that a lot. Well, at the same time, Coyle is becoming the new boss of Rapid City. So there's a lot of divided loyalties. Are we loyal to our friend? Are we loyal to this scary new guy who's in charge and is giving us money? Kind of reminds me of uh, what's going on in the Gotham right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So do your uh, students know that you have this book? I mean, do you share this with your students at all? Or what do they feel about it? Um, the ones that have read it seem to really enjoy it. Very cool. Um, they try to uh, make fun of me for it, but I can tell that they're impressed. <laughs> hey, if they, they're making they fun will, of you, that's never, still a form of flattery. Yeah. Right. They'll make fun of me to my face for it or tell me that it's bad, but when a new kid comes to class, I'll hear them kind of mutter, like, oh, he makes his own comic. Oh, that's so, so that yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, classroom full of secret admirers. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So uh, when can we expect issue two? I'd like to say soon. Um, the pages are coming in, and then there has to be lettering and production, which is all getting faster, but still... I mean, it's issue two. I'm still pretty new at this. Sure. It will be... I'm hoping in time for Christmas. Awesome. Ooh. Talking to you about this book has piqued my interest even further, knowing that, you know, you understand the mind of a criminal and mm-hmm. you're writing <laughs> this book about criminals. It's it's awesome. I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to the next one, man. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, you can check out all of uh, Josh and Sean's awesome work at uh, www.rapidcitycomic.com. Uh, is there anywhere else uh, your book's available? Um... Actually, the better address is belowzerocomic.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Rapid City Comic, I think, will we'll still get you there, but uh, Below Zero Comic is the most direct route. And then, of course, Facebook, just Below Zero Comic. I got it backwards that time. Facebook is Rapid City Comic. 
Just Google it. You guys know how Google works. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll also put uh, links on our website. Uh, directs our listeners over that way. We'll uh, send them over your way. Yeah. Great. Sure. Josh, thanks so much for being on the show with us. We had a great time. Thank you. What else can we find on the website there, Jack? Well, we got our show blog, which talks about recaps from the past episodes. Uh, the video page, which has videos and trailers. Photos, which has photos. Really? <laughs> Contact us page. You can send us an email. If, you need, if you're a, a writer or artist you want to review, get a hold of us. We'll do that for you. Also find us on Twitter at CandarePod, and also we are now on Instagram. Uh, you can find us. What's the handle? Canned it's underscore, canned underscore yep. air. Yeah. So you can actually get a visual to go along with uh, the audio you listen to. Also uh, on the websites, the Candare Video Game Store, Comic Store, and Movie Store. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't. <laughs> One more time. We got all kinds of shit going on there. <laughs> just just go to our website, check it out, get out your phone, look us up on Twitter and Instagram. Have a lot of fun on there. And I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I've been Josh Dahl. And we'll see you all next time. Greg Henderson. And I'm Jill Henderson. We're the founders of Hendo. The Hendo hoverboard is something that has to be experienced in order to understand. Words cannot describe it. The underlying technology is totally scalable. We can make it really small or really big. And solving for the problem of lift also revealed the solution for propulsion and control. We are able to turn, move, drive around in any direction, go up and down slopes, or do it all at once if we like. Imagine a vehicle with all the freedom of a car and all the efficiency of a high-speed train. With our hover engines, that is now possible. The Hendo hoverboard is just the first step. It's a proof of concept, the simplest path for demonstrating our new technology in a way everyone can understand. It's a dream realized. When you support our Kickstarter campaign, one of the options is the Hendo Developer Kit, the white box. Inside, you'll find a hover engine that you can use to hover whatever you like. You no longer need to be a scientist in a lab to be a part of building the future. By putting this technology in your hands, who knows what we can develop together? The wheel may finally have some competition. Thanks for believing. Man, that was another great episode of Canned Air, huh, sure Timmy? Was. Let's go outside. All right. Hey, kids. Oh, my God, who's that? It's Creeper, the worst G.I. Joe character ever made. That's right. I heard you guys were going to go outside. Why don't you stay inside and go to www.cannedairpodcast.com where you can get the scoop on past episodes, see movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air game store, video store, and comic book store. Yay! With cannedairpodcast.com, we'll never have to go outside again. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! 
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.